Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Bellotto, joined, as always, by Chris Flum. And today we are going to talk about the current state of the Giants while also previewing the Giants' second matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. We all want to forget the first one, I can assure you that. But before we get into this, Chris, how you doing? I, I would say all things considered, I'm doing well. Uh, the, the Giants lately have not set the bar particularly high, you know, but I would definitely say I'm doing better than the Giants, although I can't say I'm looking too forwards to watching this weekend's game. Uh, there's some things to watch for, some things we're going to talk about, but man, after the last was it it's wednesday so i don't know 72 hours or so Oof, we, we've got some things to talk about with the giants before we talk about the cowboys it's been rough it's been a rough season 2023 has not gone as planned i want to take a quick trip down memory lane and i don't even think we should call it memory lane chris we probably should call it um shades of death road have you ever heard of shades of death road yeah i've it sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, so this is a road that's located, I think, in Warren County, New Jersey, not far away from where I grew up. And it's just kind of like spooky, and there's a bunch of ghost stories around it. That, to me, is the tale of recent memory for the New York Giants, unfortunately, against the Dallas Cowboys, because the Giants, we all know they got their asses handed to them, 40 to nothing in week one, absolutely haymaker, punch in the mouth, knocked out. I think that taste lingered in their mouth unfortunately throughout a lot of this season but in recent memory man the giants are i think one in 12 in the last 13 games 13 supposedly an evil number 13 games against the dallas cowboys they have never defeated dak prescott the lone win in the last 13 games was the final game of the 2020 season where the giants did defeat the dallas cowboys and andy dalton and almost set themselves up to go to the playoffs. But as we know, the Nate Sudfeld game ended up happening with the Eagles and Washington. But man, I hate to say this, but Dallas has just dominated this matchup in recent memory. Yeah, they, they really have. And it is it is probably the most painful part for me of you know recent Giants history. Yeah, I can't say that I like losing to Philly, because you know don't like losing to anybody and you know philly fans can be well philly fans we've all met some but i can i can say i can at least respect the eagles team and the eagles organization dallas every time you see them crowing i flash back to the early 1990s you know little chris in elementary school 
walking in wondering why all these kids in upstate New York have on Dallas Cowboys starter jackets. And just thinking, you're in New York. Dallas is in Texas. Come on. But I hadn't really grasped the concept of bandwagon fans yet. <laughs> but even those kids in their Dallas Cowboys starter jackets, it, it, it just bugged me. And then just the Dallas Cowboys have always just bugged me. And that is probably the most painful loss of the season if the Giants do lose to Dallas. Now, we will always have Eli signing his name in the locker room yes. at Dallas Stadium. But man, it has it's it's been a while. What a power move by Eli Manning. I absolutely love the fact that he did that. Jerry Jones was just so proud and happy that they opened up Jerry World and Eli Manning wins the first game, signs his name, etch it in history. Unfortunately, giant quarterback news hasn't been as positive um, in recent memory with Daniel Jones, who recently tore his ACL last week. He is done for the season. Tyrod Taylor is on injured reserve, and it's going to be Tommy DeVito, who will be starting for the New York Giants, an undrafted rookie free agent out of Illinois and also out of Syracuse. He played at both schools, New Jersey kid. Cool story. We've talked about him a lot this year, specifically during the preseason, but he is now the starter and there are just a lot of injuries on this team. We already mentioned Jones and Tyrod, Darren Waller. He's also on the IR. Evan Neal is week to week with an ankle injury. Don't think he's going to play against the Dallas Cowboys. Adoree Jackson is in the concussion protocol, was not on the field for Wednesday's practice. That's not looking great. One positive bit of news is Aziz Ojolari. His practice window was open. So there is a slight chance, Chris, we might see Aziz Ojolari opposite of Kayvon Thibodeau. That would be a welcome sight for the New York Giants defense. Yeah, it certainly would. And I, th I think that's one of the things that when we get to talking about what we're looking for from this game, seeing Aziz and Kayvon together with Dexter Lawrence and seeing at least the foundation of the Giants front seven with Bobby O'Karake, with Micah McFadden. Yeah, that could give us something to look forward to, something that the Giants could build on going forwards. I don't think we we really have to talk about individual matchups or keys to victory much for the remainder of the season. Which is so unfortunate, but I think you're right. We're hoping to see some sparks that, that Tommy DeVito can provide that maybe make us believe in him being that developmental quarterback. Look, I felt like he had a couple really, really good plays against the Raiders. There were also some mistakes, but he is a undrafted rookie, the ton of pressure and a huge burden was placed on this kid's shoulders. But at the same time, this is what you play for, right? When you're a young quarterback, when you're an aspiring athlete, and now he has the opportunity of a lifetime in front of him. It's just, there isn't a lot of talent around him. That's the unfortunate reality. One thing is for sure, though, getting Andrew Thomas back is like Tommy DeVito has got to be just like worshiping something, you know, whatever he believes in, because Andrew Thomas, he had a good game against the Raiders. I know statistically, I think he gave up five pressures, two sacks. If you watch the game, 
I don't believe the tape is indicative of that type of performance, that type of statistical performance. And just watching Andrew Thomas move and dominate in the manner that he has over the last couple seasons and seeing that now in 2023 with a healthy hamstring, got to say, Chris, it really excited me. Yeah, particularly in comparison to Justin Pugh. Nothing against Justin Pugh, but he's not an NFL offensive tackle. At his best, he was a guy you could put out there and he could exist but that was most of a decade ago he he is a guard that's where he's at his best and right now he, he's really at his best as a veteran presence in the locker room and in that offensive line room the giants are much better for having andrew thomas back now we'll i assume they'll have tyree phillips out there right tackle with evan neal likely missing at least some time with a sprained ankle. I'm kind of expecting him to sit out until the Giants bye week. Uh, just that bye week basically being why they don't put him on injured reserve, but who knows, we might see him sooner than that. Uh, yeah, th this game, I think we're going to be looking to see, can Tommy DeVito flash? Can he, be, can he just be that fun guy to watch that we saw in the preseason now? That was preseason. That was going against very vanilla defenses. The Cowboys do not have a vanilla defense. They have the best pass rush in the NFL, at least by the pass rush win rate metrics. They get to the quarterback frequently, and they do it very quickly. They can do it through interior pressure. They can do it off the edge. They can do it with some blitzing. So it is very good that John Michael Schmitz and pardon me, and Andrew Thomas are both back. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of Saquon Barkley. <laughs> we're going to see a lot of Saquon Barkley. Mike Kafka and Brian Dable aren't going to put Tommy DeVito into a position to just get annihilated back there. They're going to attempt to not put him in a position to where he takes 10 sacks. I mean, right now he has suffered eight sacks through about a game and a half so far. He has two interceptions, a touchdown, 174 yards passing with a 63% completion rate, averages 6.4 yards per attempt. It's it's going to be a very conservative offense, and it should be. And Saquon Barkley, look, man, bless this guy. He had 113 scrimmage yards um, last week in week nine. He had the big game the week prior to that. And right now, this is somebody who doesn't have a contract at the end of the year, and the Giants are lost this season, and you know he's going to go out there and just be the consummate professional that he is. I have the utmost respect for Saquon Barkley. And uh, you know he's just going to he's gonna get fed, man. If Ezekiel Elliott was on this team, he'd be doing the spoon of the mouth kind of thing. Saquon, I don't think that's his shtick, but he could <laughs> easily be doing that because he is going to be quite satiated after this game. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I would love to see Wandale and Jalen Hyatt doing work, getting fed as well. I'm just not sure it's going to be there for them. You know, we saw DeVito kind of let it rip a little bit and... Yeah, we we have seen, we saw Jalen Hyatt get behind the Raiders' defense. He is able to get separation. He does have those great ball skills down the field. But just with this Cowboys pass rush and with an undrafted free agent rookie who wasn't even supposed to see the field as a backup this year, he was on the practice squad. That's where he was supposed to be. Yeah, I'm not sure how much is going to be there for the Giants in the passing game. Now, Giants also have Matt Barkley, uh, a longtime journeyman who hasn't started a game since uh, 2020, 
no 2018 yeah that is that's their primary backup and the giants did sign him to their active roster today we're recording on wednesday i i have to wonder what that means for tyrod taylor because Barkley was on the Giants practice squad, so they could have elevated him three times before they had to sign him. Meanwhile, Tyrod was on the injured reserve last week, so he would have to miss four games. So the Giants, if if he was going to come off the injured reserve after four games, the Giants would have had the four games plus their bye week before they had to play or or before they would have had to play Tyrod Taylor. So I have to wonder just how hurt he is because we really haven't heard anything about him. No, we haven't, unfortunately. But uh, as of right now, Giants rolling with Mr. Tommy DeVito and Mr. Matt Barkley at quarterback. And um, I'm wondering if we see some Wildcat with Saquon Barkley. We, we know the Giants and this coaching staff, this regime, they've used the Wildcat formation before. But again, against a team like Dallas, who does like to run a lot of sub packages, I'm wondering if they go heavier against the New York Giants. They could just run sub packages and just have it eight in the box and, and rotate safeties down into the box and do whatever they can to gap themselves out and maybe even add another man in the box <laughs> to, to be uh, <laughs> plus one in the box on the defensive side of the football like theirs. The Giants are going to need to threaten them deep. That's what's going to need to happen. I wouldn't be shocked. Before we go to add, I want to get the ads. I want to uh, get your opinion. On this. I would not be shocked if the Giants, knowing how big of underdogs they are, like last time I checked, I think there were 16-point underdogs. If on the first drive, they try to hit a play action shot, the Jalen Hyatt come out and be like, look, we're not messing around, bro. We're going to throw it deep on you. And I would absolutely love if they hit on that, dude. Oh, that that would be great. I I imagine if they do that, it would be to Hyatt. I'm not sure about uh, Darius Slayton in there, the Giants feelings about his hands right now after he was the target of an almost an interception and then you know the ball just kind of went right through his hands on another time against the Raiders you know that's that's kind of always been the problem with Darius Slayton he's got that great long speed but his hands have always been suspect and Jalen Hyatt has already shown fantastic hands where he had he caught a could have been a touchdown you know early on against the Raiders is just that the ball kind of led him out of bounds down the field. I think the Giants do want to be aggressive. I think we saw that in the first quarter against the Raiders. We saw that with Tyrod against Washington. Not so much against the Jets, but the conditions before Tyrod got hurt were not conducive to explosive offense. Just that kind of miserable, miserable, windy, rainy mess that it was at MetLife Stadium. Yeah. I do believe the Giants want to use the speed they've got on offense. I'm just, you know, I'm not sure it's going to be there for them, but if they do see those one-on-one matchups, they're going to take the shot. And they should have one-on-one matchups too. I'm sure it's going to be middle of the field closed. Dan Quinn has ran a lot of cover one. I'm not certain about this season, but I know last season and the previous season, he ran a lot more man and cover one and, and things of that nature. The defense is different without Trayvon Diggs. And we'll talk a little bit about that, Chris, after the ads. All righty, Chris, talked a little bit about Dallas's defense. I want to um get your, your opinion on the New York Giants and just how they may handle the fact that they were openly mocked 
in week one, their protection specifically, because let's not forget, like these are professional athletes, a lot of alphas out there. I don't, I mean, we know the Giants aren't nearly as talented as the Dallas Cowboys are right now, but do you remember the Dallas Cowboys doing the Oprah impression? You get a sack, you get a sack. Hey, all the fans check under your seat. What's there? A sack. (laughs) Everyone gets a sack. And they were openly mocking and the camera caught them doing that. How disrespectful that is. If you're a if you're a professional athlete on the other side of the football, like you have to have like your belly just full of fire for that type of situation. And I'm hoping, man, and this could just be, you know, dumb hope that the Giants come out and they like they're flying around the football field like, "Oh, really? You want to mock us in our home stadium?" Okay. All right. We'll see. But um again, that could be glass half full type of thinking. Yeah, I I would love to see the Giants come out with that kind of fire to come out and say, yeah, we have taken a we have taken gut shots all season long, but we are still fighting. That we are we are not giving up, we are not folding, we are not tanking. We are going to take the fight to you and we are going to do our damnedest to punch you in the mouth this time. I'm not sure we're going to see that. But I would very much like to see that. I, I do think the Giants are going to hang tough, hang together. I think they're going to fight. I think the just the memory of week one, call it week one and a half, because they they were in a funk through that first the first two quarters of that Arizona game. They didn't really get their act together until halftime. Yeah. I have to imagine that has to hang with them. Yeah. Andrew Thomas, I'm sure he remembers being hurt. I'm sure Saquon Barkley remembers how that feels. I'm sure Dexter Lawrence remembers how it feels. And I have to wonder what kind of impact having Justin Pugh, who was with the Giants, when they swept the Cowboys back in 2016. He's been a part of this rivalry for longer than anyone else on the roster. So... I have to wonder whether or not that has an effect. Now, I I don't know how much it's going to matter, but as I said, it's something I definitely want to see. And I I, I like we finished said at the end of the first half uh, or the first part of this podcast, I would love to see the Giants take a shot on offense on play one, their very first offensive play. Again, I, I don't know that it's going to happen, but I would love to see it. And there are some things that I definitely want to see out of this game. The offensive line holding its own is against this Dallas pass rush. It's something I absolutely want to see. I, I would love to see the wide receivers coming out and getting separation against the Giants, or I'm sorry, against the Cowboys defense. I'd love to see that as well. And the Cowboys defense, I know they don't have Trayvon Diggs, but Steph Gilmore, he's still playing at a relatively high level from everything that I've seen. And then this Deron Bland character has stepped in and really has taken that role as a, I don't want to say a dominant cornerback, but he's playing really well at the moment. He has 10 passes defensed, four interceptions right now. I think that leads the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, the 10 pass defense. I could be wrong there. But regardless of the fact, there's not a huge step down like a lot of people who are anti-Cowboy 
were hoping when Trayvon Diggs got hurt because their depth is seizing the day. They're seizing the opportunity. And Deron Bland is the main primary beneficiary, I should say, of that. And then you also, you know, you got Micah Parsons, man, Demarcus Lawrence. This guy has 11 sacks in the past 12 games against the New York Giants. I just feel like he feasts every time he sees giant blue or giant white on the other side of the field. I'm worried about this pass rush. Um, my, my one my one hope is that the Giants don't put Tommy DeVito into crazy bad situations. But sometimes in football, you got to be in really crazy bad situations if you're not efficient on first and second down. And the Giants haven't been efficient this season. Yeah, they they really haven't been. I I think them feeding Saquon Barkley is a good start. Yeah, you know, I think maybe getting Wandale Robinson involved in the short to intermediate area, use him on sweeps, just as much misdirection, use RPOs, use the read option, just as much as they can to just keep keep themselves in second and third and manageable. It just to prevent Dallas from pinning its ears back and going after Tommy DeVito because uh, do we really want to see Matt Barkley and was it was it uh Jacob Eason out there Jacob Eason nice for starting quarterbacks for the Giants I don't want to see that nah. now something I something else I gotta say I do want to see from this is a like we mentioned the Giants front seven getting after Dak Prescott, getting after that Dallas offensive line and playing well and putting pressure on the Dallas offense for once. You know, Micah Parsons has, this is a breakout season for him. Everything else that is going wrong for the Giants, the Giants have a linebacker playing great football right now. And it's a linebacker they drafted playing great football right now. And we have waited so long to see that but we're finally seeing it. We're finally seeing it, and he's playing next to Okereke, who's also playing good football right now. I think Okereke has like 80 tackles or more, which I don't think there's many linebackers who have that many tackles already in this part of the season. He's playing well, and Micah McFadden is just the development, man. You see it. You see how he reacts in the box. I still have some questions once you start to extend him laterally. You get him outside the numbers. How um, can the athletic, somewhat athletic limitations hinder his overall upside? But on these early downs, bro, he's flying around the field. And I'm willing to use him in whatever role the Giants feel like he is he's capable. Because last season, it was the mental side of things. That's what benched him a bunch of times. This year, you see him calling things out. And there was a play against the Raiders where he told Bobby Okereke to shift. He noticed what was going on. He forced the shift. And then right as he went to go do it, the play happened. And Okereke was a little bit out of position. It led to like a 10 or 12-yard run by Josh Jacobs. So from a mental standpoint, he's really progressing. And that's what I'm looking for right now covering the New York Giants is what young players are going to have a role on the future New York Giants? It's week 10. The Giants are 2-7. and seven. They, they're they not going anywhere. And that's so unfortunate. But you could still look at Micah McFadden and be like, how is he going to finish this season? Is he a true building block? You can look at Cordell Flott. 
you can look at Dane Belton, Jason Pinnock, and all these players on the defensive side of the football on offense. When Evan Neal does return, you look at Evan Neal, how is John Michael Schmitz progressing? How is Ben Bredesen doing? So there's a lot of um, players and, and takeaways, players that you can evaluate and takeaways that you can kind of um, see and then also just go through and be like, okay, I feel comfortable having this guy as my starting left guard next season when hopefully we're a much more competitive football team. Yeah. And that those opportunities for evaluation, they're going to be very important. Like I expect the giants to be as competitive as they can be. Like I said, I don't expect them to fold. I don't expect them to pack it in or tank. I expect Brian Dayball to do everything he can to field a competitive team for the remainder of the season. Yeah. Not only because that's just the guy he is, but also we know if there's one thing John Mara will not tolerate, it's being embarrassed and not being competitive out there. So I think the Giants will do whatever they can to try to put themselves in position to win. But also there's going to be a lot of evaluation going on over the remainder of the season. Like with Adoree Jackson in the concussion protocol, I'm going to guess he's not going to play in this game. If so, that means we're going to see Trey Hawkins and Deontay Banks out there. Is is Deontay Banks going to be shadowing CeeDee Lamb this game? Yeah, That is a very tough ask for any corner, let alone a rookie. And Tay Banks has struggled the last two weeks too, man. I was going to say he he's coming off a rough game against Devontae Adams and the Raiders. This is a chance for him to show growth, show that he can match up with great veteran receivers. Yeah, I think he will, but again, that's a tough ask for a rookie. It's a very tough ask for a rookie. And you also have Brandon Cooks, who Still catching touchdowns, and Michael Gallup, who I guess he doesn't really look as um, crisp as he used to after the ACL injury that he suffered like two years ago now at this point. But Chris, anything else before we get out of here on this Giants-Cowboys matchup in Jerry World? No, I, I think we've I, I think we've covered it about as much as we can, you know, all things considered. We'll be back right after the game with our live stream, with our reactions in the immediate aftermath and then after that we'll just kind of go from there that's i think that's kind of the only thing we can do at least where the giants are right now all righty everybody thank you for tuning in to the chris and nick show here on big blue view radio please if you have not done so already subscribe like comment on the podcast that helps us move on up the algorithm and also head on over to bigblueview.com where you can check out all of our written content. Thanks everyone. Take care of each other and have a good day.